Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Ah, it's one of my favourite intros to the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Off The Bench. Scotty Sattley here where we discuss the big league stories of the week and most sports as well as we look on back on some of the highlights from sports day throughout the week. Myself, Jason Matthews and also, oh, a.k.a. Woogie, and also Cohen, a.k.a. Daddy Vass. Uh, well, we covered a lot of issues throughout the week. And this week, Kurt Catewell, of course, late in the week, was released by the Broncos and signed an immediate three-year contract with the New Zealand Warriors. Great for the Warriors. Is it great for the Brisbane Broncos? Now, we spoke to Warriors CEO Cameron George earlier on in the week who touched on what an asset Catewell will be for the club and also the latest on Adam Fanil Blake and what Roger Tuivasa-Shek also is bringing to his squad. Jeez, plethora of signings there. It is. It's, they're in a really good position, the Warriors. They've got mm. Chanel Harris-Tavita coming back as well, Daddy. So they're in a really good position, the the Warriors, to make a, a real go at the uh, the 2024 Premiership. You said during the week on Sports Day that you think they're a lock for the top four. I think they're a lock for the top four. Top two? Now that they've got Capewell. They've got Capewell on one side. They've got Murata Neocorde on the other side. Jeez, he's one shoulder I wouldn't want to run into, eh? They've got oh. Chanel Harris-Tavita, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. They've got young Luke Metcalf to come back and have a full season after tearing mm. his hamstring. So Chance? The, the, the biggest question is going to be, Sean Johnson, can he replicate the season that he had in 2023? I think he can. I think he's still dirty. He didn't win the uh, Dally M. Everyone needs motivation. Mm. Yeah. We also, we're going to hear three burning questions from Daddy Vass. And on the back of Hamali Olakawatu and his six-year extension at the Manly Ringer Seagulls, long-term contracts. Are you a fan? Are you a fan of long-term contracts? It's risky. It is very risky. Now, mm. another highlight was... Laura Johnson, this is a great chat throughout the week because she's the founder of Mullet Fest. Now, it's such a great initiative. It started what? in Curry Curry, which is where a lot of my family still live, just west of Newcastle, and they're raising money for the Mark Hughes Foundation. So make sure you stick around to enjoy that chat with Laura about Mullet Fest, all the different categories, great categories. There's even a category for, for gingers as well. Now, before we go any further, it's time for the dig like we do each and every week. It's the dig segment. Thanks to Sherlock Wheelbarrows. View the range at SherlockLastLonger.com.au. Now, what are we having a dig at this week? Where are we having a dig this week? I'm having a dig at Mitchell Johnson. In his column in the in Western Australia, he had a shot at the Australian selectors and most notably David Warner and whether he deserves a a farewell in the test, the upcoming test series uh, at the SCG. And based on David Warner's figures, he makes a really good point based on his figures, but it's not about him getting a farewell test, Mitch. And why I'm having a dig here is saying that I still believe, and I think many believe that David Warner still should be part of the squad of 14, play in the first test, and then earn the right through your form in the upcoming test series to get that farewell test at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And I think he probably made it a little bit more personal, Mitchell, than... What he wanted to, he did. He did actually apologise for some of the uh, some of the content in his editorial in the Western Australian publication. So, I'm having a dig at Mitchell Johnson. And from the job site to your backyard, lighten the load with Sherlock. Available at Bunnings Warehouse now. It's time for three burning questions. Welcome back to the show. Sports Day here. Scotty Sattler for Toolkit Depot. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Three burning questions. 
And Daddy Vass, you're the author of these. Yes. Yep. Now, Sats, some news out of Manly today. Yeah. Olakowatu. He is signed. Amali Olakowatu, yeah. Yeah, he is extended for six years. Yeah, Denny Wilder, he broke this today, didn't mm. he? Yeah, I mean, it was always going to come out, but Denny was the first to report it. Uh, six years, so he's got two years, I'm led to believe, till the end of 25, and they've extended another six years. So it's an eight-year contract. Yep. Well, it's really a six-year contract, six further years, I should say. How much a year? A million. Jeez, wow. Yeah. It's a lot for a back row, isn't it? a lot of cash. It? A lot of money. Are you a fan of a, of a long-term sporting deal? No, no I'm, oh, it depends on the sport. I mean, if there's some sports where you can play – you can play sort of into your 40s, late 30s, early 40s, and it's it's not as, I suppose, confrontational on your body. Baseball. Like physicality. Yeah, baseball's a good example. Yeah, Curling. Um, curling. <laughs> a kicker in NFL. <laughs> um, but in saying that, rugby league, long-term, no, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan. I, I, I think this will take Ola Kawatu from memory through to about 32, 33. So he's going to be a one-club player, which is outstanding. I love it. I love that it's a one-club player, but just be careful what you wish for. I mean, they would have signed into an extended deal. One, because he can play. Two, he must be a good human. Three, he must have a great training ethic, good values. He must really be connected to the playing group. So he must be a, an asset off the field as well to offer him a deal of, of that magnitude. So, um, But there's no need to sign them for that, wrong, that long. I think you've got to... You got to keep them hungry. Mm. Yeah, you got to sometimes long-winded deals with certain individuals. You get a little bit complacent. You got to keep challenging yourself. And sometimes contracts, upcoming contract deals, it's drive form. Well, it's it's no yeah. coincidence that some players play their best rugby league when they're coming off contract that year. Mm. And we'll see so many more in twenty twenty four as well. So to answer your question, I'm not a fan of anything more than four years. Okay. Yeah, three yep. to four years, and I think you just keep assessing the deal. Just keep assessing it as going along and just see how his form is and if he doesn't have any long-term injuries, they're going to really affect his form later on. So, um, yeah, again, well, who's signed recently to a long – Tino Fasul Malawi has signed oh, like a, ten year well, an eight- deal. or ten-year yeah. deal, which is yeah. ridiculous. Great work for, for Tino, but as a front rower, like – you are in the face of it every time, every time. And you are getting the most amount of contact any player in on the field. It seems these deals are signed in emotion. Yeah. As as part of, oh, Tino's had a breakout year. We don't want to lose him to anyone we else. Don't, we don't want to lose him to anyone else. Let's lock him down. Yeah. So, yeah, one thing about Tino is his family lives in Gympie. He wants to be close to his family. He's got young kids, so he wants them to see his grand, his, the grandparents. So you, you've won a battle there already. Mm. Um, to sign an eight- or ten-year deal to a front rower, um, I don't think it's the right call. And also, um, he, I'm led to believe he's got a window. He can get out of that contract after four or five, I think. If that's the case, well, that sits in the court of, of Tino and he, if that's the case, I, I wouldn't like to give the player that option. I think the perfect example is Tamalolo. And has he paid that back? Well, I think he has. I think in the th- in the first two or three seasons, he... He's still yeah. got another three years left mm. on that deal. And he's been good for the Cowboys. I mean, they haven't... The only premiership they've shown for it is 2015, but they played in the grand final in 2017, yep. beaten by Melbourne. And they did... Where that. did they come from that year? Well, Seriously. They, 
They did that without Thurston, um, Thurston yeah. as well. Yeah. As Michael Morgan and Tal Malala just. Was that, um, was Coot playing at the back? Lachlan, uh, Lachlan Coot? Coot, I think he was. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fraught with danger, put it that way. Mm. Anyway. Uh, number two. Now, Stephen Crichton has been pictured today in Bulldogs colours at training. Yeah. Now, that's a month ahead of schedule, mate. That's that's unbelievable. From good commitment, Steph- yeah. So, the question is, you know, is that is that a premiership mentality? Is that a success mentality? When you come from a successful club, I love it. I mm. love it that he said, "I don't want to wait till the week before Christmas or first week of January. I'm, I'm going to come back and, um, I'm going to prove this club that I'm I'm committed. I, I love everything about this. It just shows that one he's come from a a really winning um, environment. And now Stephen Crichton's next, his next step in his career, Stephen Crichton, is going to these new Bulldogs players. And he has got some players that have had success as well. Of course, Matty Burton he won a comp with. Um, Josh Adokar's won a comp. Viliami Kikau's won a comp. They're starting to get some players there that have, that have won comps. And is he the sort of player now to say, right, I'm going to drive standards. Like, I'm going to hold players accountable. Some new players are not willing to do that. But um, I hope he is the player that's willing to drive standards along with those other grand final winners. Um, I love it. I love it that he's gone back early. Mm. Yeah. But it's great to see, like, obviously he's committed. But, like, as a player, when you, when you were going through, mm. is six weeks enough of a spell? Yeah, absolutely. Is that- if you've had no surgery mm. and um, – yeah, it's enough. Yeah. I, I've always thought six or seven weeks is enough. Yeah. Easy. And some players don't. I mean, I'd never stop training. I just I just train every day, even on those six weeks off. Because you're, you're in a uh, routine, right? Well, you just don't want to let yourself go. Mm. You know, you just you want to keep the body active and yeah. don't do anything that's, that's too harsh on the body. Well, I, I wasn't meant to be. We won the comp in 03. I went to West Tigers in 04. I wasn't meant to be back at training until first week of Jan. But I went back. Um, well, our grand final was the first week of October. I went back the third week of November because one, I just, I just love to train. <laughs> I just, I want to be around my teammates, yeah. my new teammates. Did you tell anyone or we just rocked up? I just rocked up. I just said to the coach, I'm going to come back and Tim Sheens and, and he said, you don't have to. I said, no, I want to get to know my teammates. You know, it's important that I know my teammates and, and if you don't, you just rock up first week of January. It's. Just start from beyond the eight ball from a, a personality point of view. Was it within like a one session after that one session with the with the new teammates where you just like, oh yeah. First drink. First drink. Yeah. That's when you were like, oh a couple of weeks later we all had a, a big drink at one of the local pubs in Balmain. Yep. And got to know that it, it's you get to know people's characters when yeah. they're intoxicated. Yeah. There's a saying, El vino veritas, which is str- uh, uh, truth in wine. Right. So you get to know them when they're intoxicated. Yeah. So, That's uh, when their real personality comes exactly, out. Exactly, yeah. Um, What's your third one? All right, number three. Uh, we're going to talk about the Novocastrians. Now, there's a text here from Nightlife. Yeah. He's a bit concerned about the start of the season for the Knights. What are your thoughts? Um, they've lost a few players. Uh, Ponga's... Had a bit of a busted shoulder. They picked up Jack Cogger. Yeah, Jack Cogger. Signed Jack Cogger. Uh, they've also signed Kai Pierce. Kai Pierce Paul. Uh, he's a big, lanky sort of back rower outside back yeah. from England. And mm. also young Leon Price's son as well. He's a little halfback. He's a good little player, actually. Mm. They're both good players. 
But he's concerned, isn't he, nightlife? Yeah, foot foot injury. He needs foot surgery. Now, surely he would have had a medical before signing. Yep. You'd like to think so. So, and, so what's happened here, and, and, and what are your thoughts on the Knights in 2024? I think they'll go well. I think Jack Cogg was going to be a good signing for them. Uh, Ponga, Bradman Best with some origin, an origin experience now. I think they've got one of the, on paper, they've got one of the best forward packs in yeah. the comp. They get Jaden Braley back. Oh, as that's well. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they're going really well. To be honest. I think, and this Kai Pierce Paul's a really good player. Now, the medical, he would have, I mean, you know, Knowing Peter Parr, their head of rugby, director of rugby league, and, and Danny Badiris, I mean, their attention to details are outstanding. Mm. They would have known about this injury. It's whether, it's whether it was reported and the report that they would have got back, whether it was as serious as what they first thought. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, it's never ideal signing a player that's coming with a pre-existing injury. Mm. Sometimes you sign players with pre-existing injuries knowing that they – they could be pretty good. You just got to get them through that that initial period. Well, the thing that backflipped, or well, didn't backflip, but Jack Bird, mm. when the Broncos signed him from the Sharks, he only managed like six. Yeah, he's been riddled with injuries, poor Jack. Yeah, I, mean, as, I think I've told you before. He's he's diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis as a kid, yeah. which he takes needles for it for arthritis. And like, I, I got arthritis. Just from my, injury, my injuries from footy, and that's that's hard enough. Yeah, to have rheumatoid arthritis as a kid and have to play rugby league. Yeah, no. Nah. Oh, how tough is he? Mm. Do you think? Do you think the form of Crossland this year might have Brayley starting from the bench? No, I'd have Brayley every day of the week. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, He's cro- he had a good season, Crossland, but Crossland just adds to your really good depth. So you bring him on after. He might be a fourteen. Yeah. What's going to be the interesting one is who plays in the halves. Well, is Cogger your chief playmaker? Cog is my seven every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And then you put Gamble or... You got Jackson Hastings, Hastings as a six. He's not a six, is he? Hastings, yeah. yeah. He's, he sort of can play anywhere. Mm. You could play him in 13 if you had to. I'd, I'd, you'd have um, Tyson on there just for the the the, the kind of grittiness. Tyson Frizzell? No, um, oh, Gamble. Tyson Gamble. Yeah, you'd have him in the side just somewhere. to get in the face of the yeah. opposition. So yeah. he's a perfect 14. Mm. Yeah. But... um. I'd have, I'd have Jackson Hastings and, and Jack Cogger. Next week, I might get you to put together your Knights 13. Okay. It's a good team on paper. Yeah. It's a really good team. Uh, let's get to a break. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Oh, yes. Uh, great moment for the Warriors last year. I thought when we had a Cameron George play on, I thought we we're going to have like uh, some vision of him running down the sideline or scoring a try for the Casino Cougars. Yeah, yeah. As the Greyhounds run around the <laughs> yeah. rugby league track. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not to be, though. The CEO of the uh, Warriors joining us now, Cameron George. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Chance. I uh, hope you're both well over there in the sunshine, enjoying the heat. Now, not, thank we are. We certainly are. I tell you what, it is bloody hot. Uh, not a lot of people know, though, that you are, yeah, of course, the CEO of, of the Warriors and doing an exceptional job. And how you nursed that club through COVID was absolutely amazing. But uh, your your footy her- heritage and pedigree come, goes back to the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, Cameron. 
Yeah, mate. Uh, good old Casino Cougars. Uh, grew up in Casino and played a lot of footy there and out at Tamworth as well. Played a number of years out there and uh, uh, finished off uh, before I moved to New Zealand. Captain coaching uh, Evans Head, a little coastal town near Ballina. Nice. So had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, had a lot of fun with some mates and that's that's what it was all about in the bush and uh, it's great to be a part of the elite level in, you know, in the NRL and um, mate, there's no difference. Uh, the guys want to have fun with their mates, and um, you know we had a bit of a bit of that last year. We've got a good footy team and a good coach, and um, that's what it's all about. So we just want to have that environment here at the Warriors. Did you ever come up against uh, the Byron Bay team when Sats were the you, Red Devils? Were you captain, coach Sats, or just coach of the coach. Red Red Devils? Very hard to get the boys together mm. and focused. I believe. Did you ever come up against the Red Devils? Mate, I did, but not in uh, Scotty's days. Uh, uh, they were a pretty good team uh, club when I was there, and I think didn't think they had too many problems attracting players to come and play for them because uh, they uh, they certainly enjoyed the after matches at the Beach Hotel. And <laughs> yeah. The Great Northern, I think, sponsored them in the day yeah. as well. So um, it was pretty easy to um, you know, get a player to come and play at Byron Bay. So they always had a pretty strong team. Now, Cam, twenty twenty three was really impressive, of course, and. So I'm thinking the players and the staff and all the departments would have returned to the office with a bit of a spring in their step. Have you have you sensed that? Yeah, look, you know, the guys were really happy last year and, you know, uh, finished off the year as best we can and uh, could and, um, you know, really pleased with that. But they've come back with a real desire and hunger. It's something that, um, you know, it's really obvious to me that they've come back to work knowing that they want to complete, you know, the task at hand and, they're happy about being there. They're um, they're training really well, um, and all things being equal over the summer, I can see them putting in a really hard off season. Um, you know, whether and his team aren't going light on the situation, they they actually know what they need to improve on, and they're they're absolutely hungry to do it. So, really pleased with that because um, you know sometimes you can come back and think we've achieved something and and not be ready to put in, but that's certainly not the case here. Uh, which is pleasing to see. Yeah, definitely. You just can't be happy with obviously not being there in the uh, first week of October. Now, all the talk has been about Jerome Luai. Where's he going to go for 2025? Then out of nowhere, Cam, there's talk about Cam, uh, Kurt Catewell and the New Zealand Warriors are linked. Now, how did this all come about? And is the club identified him as a bit of a piece of the puzzle to get in the grand final day? Yeah, look, Kurt has um, come across our our desk is someone of interest. Uh, Webby obviously connected with him through his days at Penrith. He's uh, very fond of him as uh, as a person, first and foremost, and clearly he's got some great capability on the field and he's had success everywhere he's gone. And we're going through a, you know, a, a phase in our footy club where we didn't have juniors for a number of years due to COVID. Um, and now we've re-kicked that, you know, restarted that off and we're looking for experienced high high-level athletes, competitors to come into our club to really set the standards for our kids or the future coming through. And Kurt's one of those guys. And um, look, if we can get him, fantastic. Um, I think he'll add significant value to our footy team and our club and our fan base would really enjoy him. Um, He's a winner. And uh, that's what we want. We want competitors in our footy club. Now, re-signing of Tahu Harris, uh, that was always going to be a given. Now, I was fortunate enough to hear firsthand the presentation, like your glowing praise of, of this young man, how important both he and his wife were to the club and are to the club off the field, especially through the COVID years. Now, we've never got to know Torhu Harris that much as a fan because he's so quiet and he just does 
everything under the radar. What what kind of leader is he that you see each and every day? Uh, he's all about actions, Scotty. He, um, you know, he's not a big talker, uh, but when he does talk, as you know, you've been in those environments. They they execute the message really well, very decisive, and he doesn't say or overstate, you know, the position. He just then goes and leads it. Um, he's a real student of the game. He understands it. He, he knows the players against that he's playing with or against, and um, he's a, he's got a real footy brain about him. But off the field, mate, he's a terrific person to have around the club. Um, and you know, when you when you hit hard times and hit adversity, nine times out of ten, that's when you find out who your leaders are. And he stood up unannounced and just kept working through the COVID stuff. And um, you know, honestly meant what I said that night that you know, Natalie, his wife, um, they stuck with us through thick and thin. They led through it, you know, they led us through it. Um, he had some hard times because he had an ACL during that period, but not once did he ask to come home. He stayed there and, and you know, led the club through it. So um, it was really great to see him get an extension. Um, in the modest way he is, he, um, he just said to the players the other day the reason why he wanted to play on because he wanted to win a premiership with this group of players and he's setting out to, to lead that, you know, over the next couple of years, which is great to see. Yeah, good to hear. Great to hear the commitment to the club. Now, Warriors social media sent fans <laughs> in a frenzy last week when the vision of uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek turning up for training. And how's he, I mean, he looks good all the time, but how's he looking back in league as opposed to union? Oh, mate, he's so happy. Um, he's really enjoying the environment like he left in 2021 uh when you know halfway through to get back and embark on his rugby career and he made the all Blacks, so not everyone gets to do that so mm. he'd achieve some great things there but um you know to have him back in our colors have him back in mount smart he feels extremely comfortable he he was really clear to to ask her in the course of you know deciding that he wanted to come back um he didn't want to be a, a, a nuisance or a distraction, if you like, by coming in, um, being the former captain. So he's been very deliberate in making sure that, you know, he's a part of the, the squad, not a leader of the squad. And um, he's been great for our young kids because he started on day one with them and they got to train with him from day one. So naturally his standards have been, um, you know, imposed upon all the kids from day one, which has been an amazing experience for them. And, we're very excited to have him back, and he's extremely excited to be back and looking forward to pulling on the boots. I know, a couple, again. I know a couple of 17-year-olds that are over at the Warriors doing the pre-season over there, and I just check up with them on, on message. How are you going? How's the training going? You know, yeah. you're, you're eating well. You're training hard. And one of the kids texts me. He goes, I can't believe I walked past Roger Tuovasa-Shek. <laughs> he's just got that aura about him, hasn't he? He's, he's so good to have him back in the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's... Fantastic, mate, and he's he's a terrific guy. And you know, Chanel Harris Tavita's back as well, and they've come back into the environment after a year of what we've done last year, and they can they can really see the difference. But they're not coming back to be a part of it; they're coming back to help create a future and a successful one. So, um, yeah, pumped for both of them. Yeah, geez, the the names you're talking about coming into this side after what you achieved last mm. year. I, I, it's going to be amazing how 2024 is going to look for you. Hey, off the back of the success of last year, and Sats and I were on air throughout September when we had uh, the Wars going deep into the finals. We had the All Blacks mm. competing at the World Cup. 
But Cam, all the talk was about the war- uh, was about the Wars, was about the Warriors. It wasn't about the All Blacks. And I, I want to know off the back of that, what's commercial support and membership been like off the back of the success of this year? Yeah, outstanding. Um, look, it was a, a huge movement over here in support. Uh, in a World Cup year, as you touch on, which rarely happens for us. And um, it was mind-blowing to see the support we got, not just here, but in Australia as well and, and in other parts of the world. But um, I think we really awoke the giant over here about what rugby league's about. And, um, you know, with that, the commercial support coming into this year has been outstanding. Uh, we've got our best membership numbers to date um, in our club's history. Uh, 2012 was our, our, our next biggest year, and that was on the back of the 2011 grand final appearance. So um, we're equal and better of that at, at this point in time. So everything's heading in the right direction, but we're none the wiser of um, you know of what what next year looks like. All we do know is that we're going to work bloody hard over the summer, be ready like every other club. And we're not taking it for granted. So there's there's just no one in this club that is sitting on their hands. We're all striving to be better in every way, shape, or form we can. Yeah, wouldn't see it any other way. Now, uh, before we let you go, Adam Flanua Blake, how hard has that been to navigate, Cam? And um, and two part question. I know he's staying 2024, but are you still you still confident you'll be able to keep him beyond that, or are you resigned to the fact that he that he'll be gone? Oh, look, the first of foremost for us was you know working with Adam through the compassionate grounds and you know like any player we've had in the past we've always had a open mind with our approach and and Adam was equal to that with us and didn't want to let us down as well um, so you know he's here this year um, he's still working through what his future looks like beyond 2024 um, so there's any number of options one could be he may wish to remain so um, we're just working with his management um, we're working with Adam, making sure he's okay in the immediate future and what happens in the longer term, you know, time will tell. But he's welcome at this club. He knows that. We know that. Um, but the most important thing to us is making sure he and his family are okay in the immediate future. We had one of the texts from, from a listener, which is Moth, and he said uh, about the Adam Fanua Blake scenario, he said if he nominates a club, Cam, that's in Sydney, one of the grounds, to the NRL and, and to yourself, what club that he would look at potentially um, negotiating with. Can you then discuss with that club any any potential trade? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, Adam is high-end in terms of his uh, capability and um, we we need to ensure that we do the best interests, you know, do what's best for our footy club and Adam knows that and his management knows that. We're not the first club to go through this process. Mm. So we do then, you know, we'll work with the um, with the club that he may have some interest in, or vice versa, and and see what we can uh, we can get out of that. And that that, that will be we'll want a player um, because we've got to fulfil the you know the the, the spot if Adam does go. But look at this stage, um, our focus is just working with Adam and his management. Um, but those options are certainly on the table in due course if need be. God, I hope he stays. Yeah. Mm. All right, Cam, before we let you go, there's a massive game of rugby league coming up in the northern rivers of New South Wales, uh, the Casino <laughs> Cougars. And I believe you're pulling in some old war horses uh, to help you out at a charity day. What's going on there? Well, I don't know if it's a charity day. What it is is our old boys day. And uh, I was having a beer with a few boys the other day. And we're trying to make it. We're trying to really kick it off 
And I said, okay, I said, I've got an idea. How about we get Scotty Sattler to pull the boots on and play a game for us? And they said, no way. And I said, what's this? <laughs> and, uh, mate, he bounced straight back. I think he started stretching already. Uh, the crowds will be hanging off the rafters. Right. And uh, it'll make country league great again. Well, mm. can I just say at the start of the show tonight, he was complaining about the onset of gout. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, careful what you get. We've also got a, a scrawny... Uh, former 5'8 slash winger in Matt Rogers. He'll play. He'll play. We'll drag him in as well. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Don't worry about the gout, mate. There'll be plenty of tablets we can give you down there. I'm sure everyone around casinos have plenty of gout in their life. So Fantastic. we'll get through that, mate. You'll be right. All right. Good luck, mate. You host the Sharks in round one at Go Media Stadium on Friday, the 8th of March. Cameron George, good luck with 2024, mate. And as always, we love the time you give us here on Sports. Thanks, Day. Cam. No worries, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here tonight. Sats, I've got to say. What? Potentially one of our... Our best interviews is about to happen. Is about to happen. Well, I saw this over the weekend. They call it thought, Radio Gold in the they, biz. They call it absolutely. They do. And I, I saw this over the weekend. And I thought this is perfect for our show because yeah. a our listeners are bogans, yep. most of them. Yeah. Uh, secondly, we love our hair. But thirdly, this stuff's going down in a town that is dominated by the Sattlers. Yeah. <laughs> curry, curry in New South Wales. I'm talking, of course, about Mullet Fest. The grand final of Mullet Fest was at uh, Hebburn Park, Motorsport Park, in the Hunter on Saturday. It is the biggest party in the back. <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> I've got the publican of the Chelmsford Hotel, Laura oh, Johnson, who's heavily involved in this, joining us on Sports Day now. Hello, Laura. Hello. How are you going? Uh, former we're... publican here. Oh, former publican. I gave the business to... Yeah, I managed to sell the business to someone else. So he has to deal with the business in the front now, and I just get the party in the back. You've got to keep mullet fest. How smart that? It's awesome. And is it true that this was all born out of getting tourism alive and well and back into the hunter? Absolutely, absolutely. We were we were sitting around at the Chelly when I was running it, and uh, we we were trying to create something that people would come from out of town to, to visit and to do. You know, we recognised the achievements of the Nostalgia Festival in town, um, and we wanted to do something that was just funny. We wanted to cheer people up. We wanted to have a bit of a laugh. And at the time, my uh, my father-in-law and my husband both had mullets, and so I jokingly said, well, if no one else comes, they can arm wrestle. We'll have beers, and it'll be great. <laughs> Now, how, when did it all start? I mean, the Chelly Hotel, the Chelmsford, is, it's on this roundabout, Jason, and yep. listeners who have never been, it's on the roundabout just off Lang Street there. Have you been there? Have you? Oh, plenty of times. Oh. I think my mum and my sister, my, uh, my uncle passed away not long ago yep. and, um, yeah. and lived in Curry. And uh, my mum and sister and all my cousins, who still live in Curry, all my cousins, um, they all got on at the Chelly not so long ago, actually. They sent there me some... some um, Aquatic, uh, quad so that was, our, that was our family reunion, which, yes. um, funny, you and I are 57th cousins by marriage. Yeah, oh. <laughs> 57? <laughs> what? 57? Oh, look, I just made that up. You know, oh, wow. I keep making 
making these random facts and people have to prove me wrong. So 57th cousin, we can get the family tree out and figure that one out soon. There but, we go. Uh, you, yes, we are legally, in fact related. Yeah, legally yes. you can marry oh, as well. Marriage, <laughs> but yes, I married him. <laughs> so is this, is this true, Laura? <laughs> is this true? Yeah. Well, okay. Is it true that 4,000 yeah. people showed up in, in 2080 with, with all, in 2018 with all the media coverage in the US and the UK? It was absolutely hilarious. I tell you what, it, it, it blew me away. We had no idea the idea that we'd cottoned onto. We really didn't know what we were in for. We, we planned for it and, and we massively overcated. Um, we had to send out all our friends and family to go and borrow kegs from other venues um, because we were running out of beer. It was like the best problems in the world to have, and it was hilarious. Not a single incident, not a single issue. People literally walking past each other in the pub and in the street, high-fiving each other, going, oh, nice mullet, mate. Can I buy you a beer? It was <sighs> so fundamentally just spectacular Aussie fun. It was great. It sounds like um, the Country Music Festival in Tamworth without a guitar. Yeah. This is what it sounds it, like to yes, me. Yes, that's exactly mm. what it was. Yes, it's the haircut of country music. Now, <laughs> now, Laura, I know that the, the Curry Bulldogs, of course, and the Cessnock Goannas, they've never gotten on. So right. is, is anyone from Cessnock allowed into Curry for this event? Look, it's really funny, actually, because my friend Sarah, who suggested um, – the idea of do blokes compare their mullets actually saw two blokes with mullets at a Cessnock Curry game and that's where she got the idea. So, oh, wow. um, yes, we do. Um, and there was actually uh, a couple of our winners were from Cessnock um, of, of the grand final on Saturday. But, yeah, no, look, we take mullets from everywhere. We don't discriminate. Guys, <laughs> girls, anywhere around. What? Even the bloody Pom took a trophy. No. Wow. He would have complained yeah, about Yeah, the Pom won the international trophy. No, he said that he's going to um, burn his, cut some of his mullet off and burn it and send it back in the cup as the ashes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. They've won a mullet, but they can't win cricket. Yeah, that's true. Laura, I was going to ask you that. Um, can a female have a mullet? I've Absolutely. argued this I've before. I've argued this before on air. It's got to be very, very short and, and messy I've, on top. I've been told it's just long hair. Yeah, no. So, it, no, it, and not if they have it short at the front. Mine's shaved yeah. at the sides. And that was for charity. But, That's hot. Um, That's yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You, <laughs> You're having children with your cousin. Who <laughs> all are born with mullets. <laughs> now, 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 this is what I love about it also because a proud curry boy. Now, curry curry has produced the most amount of rugby league internationals outside of a CBD area. Fair dinkum. Oh, yeah, so... Um, there's been uh, Johnny Sattler, there's been The Chief, there's been uh, Gary Sullivan, who was also a really good bank robber. Um, <laughs> Chad Reed, the motorsport you know, yep, the yep. legend as well. Billy Hamilton, Jimmy Morgan, Eddie Lumsden. Um, but what I love about this is another rugby league player, a curry boy, uh, Mark Hughes, and the Mark Hughes Foundation. All yeah. the money raised goes to that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So Mark, obviously a local boy um, and, and a very, very dear friend of ours. Um, and when my best friend's husband was diagnosed with brain cancer, we decided that um, that was going to be the charity that we supported. And Maddie was with us in the 2018 one, and then um, he was there for the 2019 heat, as was Mark. And I tell you what, I've never been more nervous than the night before the 2019 Mullet Fest, thinking, was it a one-hit wonder, and is anybody going to come this year? <laughs> 
I was very, very nervous. Um, both those guys were there. Sadly, Matt lost his battle three weeks later in 2019. And uh, my co-host for a couple of years, David Prowse, who's an Aussie bush poet, yeah. passed away in 2021 from brain cancer. So that has just cemented that we need to be working towards um, keeping that foundation going, not just for um, the research and development, but also the, the care that the brain cancer nurses give to these families. Um, that support is just priceless. Can, yeah. we do, can we do the show from there next year? I'd love to. I think we should do the show yeah. from there next year, yeah. And it's, all, and it's also really good for just... Um, it keeps it top of mind, doesn't it? You yeah. know, the whole the whole thing, you know, and it's, it's yeah, it's, oh, look, I yeah. think it's wonderful I mean, charity. We, Mark Hughes Foundation, amazing. We don't make a whole heap of money for them and most of the time after an event I ring the office and I go, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, we only, we only, we only, like that's always my sentence and every time the girls say to me, Laura, the, the amount of times, like literally the Mark Hughes Foundation has been said um, mm. in multiple countries across the world, yeah. Over the last seven days, um, it's yeah. been on the last leg, Anne Hill's last leg in the UK. It's been mm. on BBC TV. It's been on Good Morning um, IAM in Ireland. Um, the Washington Post came and sent a reporter. Um, so we, you know, they did a, a piece about the brain cancer connection because one of our little kids is only allowed to grow a mullet because he's got a brain tumour and he had to have brain surgery and they had oh. to cut one side off. So he said to his mum, I'll be really brave if you let me get a mullet. I mean, oh. we talk about a silver lining. Um, it's beautiful, but but we were able to, to encapture those people and those stories and really, you know, feel good about it as much as we do like to take the piss, and I do. Yeah. Um, we do have a bit of a business in the front serious side as well. Yeah, and you know what? This is this is why I love country people. They when when the chips are down and people need support, uh, they get together and they do as you just said, Laura. Take the piss out of situations, but you know what? There's a serious side of it, and they all stick together. and And I love that, mate. Well done. We would love to be there next year. I know um, uh, categories open in January. You can start getting involved with that. Just before we let you go, there are different categories, aren't there? Like juniors, vintage. A grubby, Absolutely. a grubby mullet was just and a messy hilarious. one, is it? Is that messy? Dreadlocks and stuff is grubby. Mm. Right. Um, like, yeah, so like your dreadlocks unwashed. at the back. Yes, and, and you know, we do heats all around Australia, so we have we have a full year of season of, of heats everywhere, and we, we travel around with summer nats primarily because what better Oh, the summer nats, yeah. Oh, my God, of in course, Canberra. Of yes, yes. Yes, oh, so it. we do we do summer nats in Canberra. We go over to Motivation in Perth. We go to Red Centre Nats at Nallis Springs. We go up to Rocky to Rocky Nats. Um, we we love I love those guys. I love travelling with them, and and they're very very funny. Um, and I think the grubby mullets really take on a whole new level once you've been camping at mullet at um, summer nats for a couple of days. That whole yeah. you know bit of rubber, bit of tire smoke, bit of God only knows what really adds to the grubbiness of the grubby mullet. Um, but we do have extreme. Uh, vintage for our over 50s, mm -hmm. rookies for people who have just joined the mullet life. So had your mullet for less than two years, you're a rookie uh, every day. And uh, rangers, the unicorn yeah. of mullets. Rangers get their own category. Yep. Well, you've got ranger twins. I've, I've got twin daughters. Mm. Look out. There you go. Would they and like they're... a mullet? I'd happily cut that for them. Well, and they're rangers, so it's it'll be fine. Yep. Just give us the medal now. <laughs> You can take them on tour with you, please. <laughs> please take them. Absolutely. Yeah. Right out. <laughs>
to, to get involved. <laughs> Uh, 16 and a half. They'll be 17 by next year. So you'll they be drink fine. beer, so it's all yeah, right. Yeah, they're all right. They're on it. So uh, I'm joking. Doc's joking. You know Mullet. I have four sons. That's probably not ideal. <laughs> no. Okay. No, we'll, I'll, I'll keep them. I'll look after them. Mulletfest.com.au is the place to go. We've got a, uh, a publican who listens to us in Western Australia. Mick, Mick uh, at Margaret River. Mick, get involved in this, mate. We want a mullet fest uh, competition in your pub, mate. Exactly. All righty. Uh, Laura, yes. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We love what you're doing. Um, Mullet Fest Grand Final may have just been run and won, but it starts again in January. Get involved. And, again, all proceeds go to the uh, the Mark Hughes Foundation. Well done, Laura. Thanks for joining us on Sports Absolutely. Day. No worries. Thanks yeah. for having me. See you, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Yeah, we love this man and he's excited just as much as I am because of the opening of the Gold Coast grass track. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. What's gambling really costing you? Chrissy Nelson, I'm up and about this Saturday. I'll bet you are, Sats. Uh, and I'd be surprised if you weren't making an appearance on track there at the Gold Coast. No, I will on, be. On Absolutely. You will be. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going out well, to I... celebrate the excitement. Well, I can tell you that you've got seven races yep. on the turf track, and the first of those kicks off at 12.54 local time. So you better get there. How many did oh, you say you tried to register for Saturday? Nominations. Nominations, yeah. there were 200. So the final acceptances came down to a 125. But that's a mix between some trainers might not have wanted to run their horses. Some horses might have been balloted out because there was too many in one race. So we've only got field limits of 12 in each race. So when you see the fields, there's like 12 and 8 emergencies uh, in I think all races, 12 and 9 emergencies, 12 and 9 emergencies. So you'll get a full field of 12 in every race. Uh, this weekend, where are we racing? Well, we've got a, not just the Gold Coast. Uh, we've got a big day, of course, at Eagle Farm. We've got the running of the Gateway, which is all important from a Stradbroke viewpoint next, uh, next June. Uh, listed races, the Feel and Ready for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, the Callaway Gal for the Phillies. Now, these are the first lead-up races towards the Magic Millions in uh, just over a month's time. So it all basically kicks off now. Uh, the Just Now for the Phillies and Mares and the Bribey Handicap uh, for the open-class sprinters, which is a really good field uh, featuring Prince of Boom and uh, Shooting for Gold. Who's our tips? Who are we looking at? We are looking at, in race eight at Eagle Farm on Saturday, number five, Freedom Rally in the Gateway. Tony Gollan's got seven horses in this Gateway <laughs> Handicap. And it's one of them. So he's pretty keen to win the race. So we're going to go with number five, Freedom Rally. Uh, I think shooting for gold will be hard to beat. Race six, number two. And uh, Barbie's sister, another one of Tony Gollan's, race four, number five, was uh, a very good run on debut. I think can go one better this time around. So four, number five, six, number two, and eight, number five. Beautiful. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today and what's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thank you very much, Nelson. Thanks, Sats. Enjoy the Gold Coast on Saturday. Will do.